I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to Why Are You Like This, a podcast devoted to finding out who we are and why we do the things we do. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews, and today's guest may have imposter syndrome, but we are 100% certain he's a goddamn star. An actor, a pop music genius, and a master of cheekbone selfies, please welcome to the mic, Verdon Aurora. Hi. (laughs) Wow, that was a great intro. Oh, I thank you. Very flattering. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. How are you doing today? I'm I'm good. Um, I was going to say I'm okay, which I feel like these days, it, it just means that I'm good. I feel like all things considered, um, being relatively okay is the best that mm. <laughs> I can hope for. So yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm uh, the, the, the gray weather makes me feel like it's perpetual morning so it's like equal parts my whole day could happen and looking at the clock and being like wait what time is it a couple of days ago I spent I kid you not the entirety like 90% of my day was spent in bed because of how gray it was outside um and I'm like not super affected by the weather usually like I'm just like luckily not the type of person like it doesn't really affect my mood or anything but a couple of days ago it was just so dreary and so gray and rainy that I just physically felt like it was okay to be in bed for the for the whole day oh yeah I get zonked out which it it makes no sense because I grew up in Oregon and it's just like from November to March is gray like there just isn't time also, I should say that I'm not complaining about it. Like, I actually do like rainy weather. Um, and I think that's because I grew up in India where it's so hot in the summers that when we get, like, when monsoon season comes around, we're all looking forward to it. So I I remember growing up looking forward to the rain. And I feel like that kind of just stuck with me. Because I feel like a lot of people complain about the rain. And I'm like, why? I get to play Come Clean by Hilary Duff and look <laughs> out my window, you know? Like... <laughs> pretending like i'm in a music video it's great i know everyone pretends like they don't have their favorite rainy day female pop artists um just <laughs> it's, at the it has, it's just hillary duff and natasha Bedingfield. oh all right yeah yeah, yeah yeah those are the top two rainy day pop queens imo i have uh my rainy day pop queens well i have two separate ingrid michaelson playlists one okay is, that's a solid choice yeah one is like sad ingrid and one is happy ingrid because i feel like she swings back and forth from those so much mm-hmm. um of course we love a moody queen we love a moody queen at a piano <laughs> relatable <laughs> um yeah no definitely i mean it has been rainy i was also i went out um to a bar and you know it's super normal now to just be outside like sit outside and it just started to rain and I just sat there and took it I was like I don't have an umbrella with me and I'm not gonna move inside because I'm not doing that yet Mm -hmm. I was like I'm just gonna continue sitting out here in the rain and just get drenched like what's the worst that could happen I'm just gonna come clean exactly Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
Isn't that crazy? I mean, I'm I just restarted working at a bar and it's so weird how like quote unquote normalcy is just happening around me. Yeah, and how certain things like sitting outside while it's raining have become normalized that probably would never have been normal before the pandemic. Oh my god, right. Yeah, you're like, this is fine. This is totally normal. I am like sitting outside in extreme weather conditions (laughs) is kind of normal now. Like I feel like it was like 25 degrees and I was sitting outside in like a heated restaurant not too long ago. Um but yeah, well you're working at is it um us do you work like at a straight bar? (laughs) Um yes it's technically straight. I we don't have like a uh, sexuality orientation. Um, right, right, right. But well, you know what I mean, though. I yeah, mean, like I'm not at like clientele. a sports bar. <laughs> I'm not like talking right. about sports and slinging beers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I would not be able to engage in no. those conversations. I'd just be like, mm, yeah, I don't. I couldn't tell you what sport is happening right now. Sorry, Dad. No, I, 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 I don't even know. Like, what's March Madness? Like, is that basketball? <laughs> right yes and it's college basketball right which are all things that i recently learned <laughs> this past march so <laughs> we just keep growing and learning and that's exactly. that's how things go exactly so you mentioned you grew up in india how was that like what is waiting for monsoon season even like so i mean it's a huge part of who i am and my identity obviously um i spent I mean, I moved here for college. I moved to New York to go to college. So I spent my entire life in India up to that point, which is, you know, Most a, of your life. a lot of your, a lot of your formative years. Yeah. So yeah, definitely uh, just from a culture perspective, like I feel very lucky to have been raised um, around such a, a culturally rich um I was going to say raised raised around a culturally rich country, raised in a culturally rich, you know, you're just, you're like orbiting the country. You're like, ah, culture is kind of there. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love, um, India still, even though I've lived in New York, you know, off and on for the last 10 years now. Um, and I, I do call New York home, but I equally call Delhi home. I'm, I'm, I look forward to going back. My whole family's still there pretty much. And the parents still live there. Um, so yeah, I mean, going back to the monsoon thing, it definitely, the summers were really hot in Delhi. Like I'm talking like 110, 115 mm-hmm. degrees. Um, which by the way, also an adjustment learning how to speak in Fahrenheit. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause we do Celsius there. So I'd be like, we'd be in like 40 something degrees Celsius weather. It would be super hot. And a monsoon season would hit in July and it would cool down when it would rain and you could really smell the rain. I feel like that's something that, that's something that um, I kind of miss about it. I feel like when it rains in New York, like sometimes you can still smell it, um, but it's rare. It it mostly just like dampens the garbage smell. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Because I feel like there's a lot of other aromas in the air on the streets of New York um, that kind of like, the smell of rain kind of gets drowned out um, by those other smells. Um, but yeah, I have, I have good fond memories of monsoon season back home in Delhi. And then of course I moved here, as I said, for college. Um, so yeah. And, and then, then my twenties happened in New York, which are also, you know, I came out while I was living in New York. Um, so living here is also a huge part of, my identity. Like I lost my accent. Uh, you know, you'll get and it now back. This, the, no, I mean, I shouldn't say I lost my accent. Um, I compare it to code switching. Uh, mm. When I'm back home in India, I switch back to my Indian accent. And when I'm here, I speak with this accent, which now feels natural slash like second nature to me. My parents kind of do the same thing. Uh, it's not like a India to New York situation, but they're both from Rhode Island. Um, mm. which means they just like give up on saying any word with a car with a R in it, but they moved, uh, let's say they moved to Oregon 24 years ago. Um, so when we're in Oregon, it's like no accent at all. And anytime we go visit relatives, I'm like, who are you people? Where did this come from? It's so interesting, isn't it? I feel like friends of mine have that reaction around me. Like I'll be 
with a friend and I'll get a phone call from my mom or something and I'll answer the phone and completely switch up my accent. And then it's kind of jarring <laughs> to some people, um, but fascinating to others. Um, I compare it to um, Jillian Anderson. Uh-huh. Um, she like speaks with a British accent when she's doing interviews in England and speaks with an American accent when she's when she's here because I think she was raised in England for a little bit and then she worked in America but because I don't know a lot of other people who switch dialects uh, based on their location slash who they're talking to but now that you mentioned your parents maybe it's a lot more common than um, than I think yeah maybe it's like and I don't know I don't know the answer but maybe it's just like you have an accent uh, type of behavior that you're used to with person A. And when they call, you just go back into that. Like if anybody from like my college fraternity days call me, I'm like, yeah, bro, what's up? Da, 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 oh, da. interesting. Well, because accents are not, I mean, on paper, accents are how you pronounce words, but in real life, accents are so much more than that, right? Like an accent dictates your sense of humor. An accent dictates your inflections. Um, your personality changes depending on your accent in a lot of ways too. Um, so I definitely feel like when I switch back and forth between being, you know, speaking with an Indian dialect versus speaking with an American dialect, I feel like my personality switches too. It's not just the accent. So yeah, that's a fun little fact about me. There's a term for it. It's called being bi-dialectal, I believe. Hot. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I am also, in addition to that, bilingual, which is, you know, one of the few things that that I um, can confidently put on my resume. (laughs) That's just like incredibly brave to me that you're like, going to NYU, bye. Like, I thought I was doing a big thing by going from Oregon to Illinois, and you were like, whole new country, new world, let's do it. Well, you know, I got a BFA from Tisch School of the Arts, which I feel like at the time that I was in the process of getting my BFA, I was super proud. And I was like, you know, I grew up in India. It was a dream like, of mine to move to New York and, you know, pursue my passion and then work. Um, but now looking back on it, I'm like, do we really need to be proud of a BFA? <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Yeah, I confidently think that everybody's undergraduate degree should still just be general studies. Just like a general wash. I I just I just think that, you know, I had a I had a good time at NYU. Um there are certain experiences I had there that I will never forget and I'm forever grateful for. But that being said, um it you know, the ability to be able to get a BFA comes with a lot of privilege and I don't necessarily think that um I think that if you're a talented individual you shouldn't need to spend that much money to be able to get a degree um and I maybe this is a hot take but I I do think that um I'm like thinking twice before saying this out loud but I'm like I don't think that getting a BFA makes you any more or less talented. No, you're right. I think I learn more from my experiences there, my meeting people and learning from people, not necessarily even teachers, but like more like people that I crossed paths with um, than I did from any of the like academic um, like classes, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Um, cause I feel like at that age or so, and cause especially when you're in acting school, I feel like at that age, I was so desperate for validation and approval from my teachers that I didn't really care to learn yes. <laughs> anything new. I was more like, I just want to say the right thing and do the right thing to get the grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, a lot of times I would say things that sounded smart or, or say things that I knew that, um, my teacher slash professor wanted to hear. <laughs> Um, instead of actually challenging those things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I also got my BFA and, uh, our program was a cut program and it could happen at literally any time. So when I look, that back, is abusive behavior. Isn't it crazy? <laughs> it's crazy. Like insane. 
So, oh my god, I that sounds not productive. No, <laughs> to me. no. I remember showing up to like a final scene showing of something, and us all thinking like we've already passed like the mandated. They call it hurdles. Um, and we were just doing another acting class and a professor walked in and was like, by the way, everybody's doing hurdles again tonight. And we're like, the fuck? So when I think back on it, most of my like BFA actor training was just me learning how to like avoid getting cut and doing the thing oh that God. I was already good at. I don't think that fear is a good motivator. No. Um, especially when you're that young. Um, ever, but especially when you're that young. And um, I feel like fear is a tactic used far too often in the arts um, to sort of keep that cycle of abusive um, behavior going. I mean, you see that in the industry, you see that in, you know, in education too, like, like you said, like, um, threatening to cut you (laughs) just to keep you on your toes is not going to, you know, they think people, it's like, uh, I guess their narrative is that they think that it might make you do better or perform better, but I don't agree with that at all. Well, cause you're not gonna explore or learn anything new about yourself if you're scared. Exactly. And like so much great art comes from being fully comfortable in your skin and you know just um embracing that you're capable and all that fear does is instill self-doubt which is not productive at all and I don't think good art comes from that place and like I have enough self-doubt I don't need you to add more exactly you know (laughs) Yeah, it's it was a it was a wild ride. But yeah, I mean, I think most of my fond memories like yours were from just meeting people who are also artists and like seeing how they do things and seeing how I do things and like that was the education part. The yeah, the actual classes. I'm sure stuff seeped in. I mean, you can't spend 4 years doing something and not like absorb it, but um yeah, the BFA program in general is uh, not great, America. <laughs> not great. <laughs> well, I mean, not to, I mean, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you're in the process of getting a BFA, keep going. Yeah, I'm yeah. so proud of you. <laughs> so <laughs> I proud don't of want you. to deter anyone, you know what I mean? That's true. There's the, uh, the line from one of my favorite TV shows, um, Girls on HBO, when they're at the beach house and there's like a huge fight. You know, I've never seen Girls. That's totally fine i know no no i know but people reference it so often and i've seen so many like gifs from it and like memes that i feel like even though i've never watched it i feel like i know what it's about fully like i get the full energy of the show a hundred percent uh there's a fight at a beach house where a bunch of gay men like crash the girls weekend and at one point one of the guys runs through and he's like how dare you say i'm not talented i have a bfa in musical theater and i'm like yep feel that well you know i should clarify i did not get a bfa in musical theater i <laughs> got a got a bfa in in drama but mm, yes i feel like getting a bfa in musical theater comes with its own set of preconceived notions and also struggles <laughs> absolutely well you haven't seen girls and this is I'm going to confess something I haven't seen just so we're on like an equal playing field. Okay. I've never seen the wizard of Oz. You've never seen the wizard of Oz. I know that you probably were expecting this reaction and (laughs) you've probably gotten this exact reaction before. So hot, like something that is controversial about me is that I am not a fan of musicals. Oh, great. (laughs) Um, I know that you're probably not the right person for me to confess or that I should be confessing this to. Um, but I don't know why, um, it, it just, that form of storytelling has never really appealed to me. Um, but I loved the wizard of Oz growing up. I would watch it multiple times. Yeah. Many, many a queer person love the story and musicals are fully insane. You don't have to like them. <laughs> Yeah, it it you know what though like even like Bollywood for example huge in India uh, lots of musical numbers I just I just found 
the breaking into song to always feel like it was interrupting telling the story instead of aiding in telling the story. And I know that's not factually true. It's just how I perceived it. And I, I, I don't know, it just since ever since I was super young, I just have not been a musicals person. And I feel like <laughs> a lot of people may judge me for that, actually, because I do sing and I do act. I just don't do them together. You know what? If anybody comes for you, you just let me know and I will, I'll find them. Well, it was a deep, dark secret I kept all through my NYU years. I'll oh, tell you that. I <laughs> bet. Yeah, shoot. So you mentioned it. Let's talk about music. Yes, let's talk about music. So what music, when you like think back, what do you think is like some formative music that was around you? I always thought of pop music as kind of like an escape. Um, I was introduced to American pop culture thanks to the internet, because obviously I was growing up in India, and um, it's not like the same songs that you that that were playing on the radio here in the US would be playing in India like um and this is back when like streaming wasn't a thing mm-hmm. so i would i remember <laughs> downloading so much music online and i'm glad that you know i had the internet <laughs> um and that that was my introduction to pop music so like definitely a lot of britney mm-hmm. um mentioned hillary duff like definitely remember metamorphosis being one of my first intros to to pop music and um rihanna for sure Mm -hmm. um i actually this is interesting i uh, was asked to make like a formative years like playlist for um this website called pride.com a couple years ago and i think i included hillary britney rihanna there's a shakira song in there but all women. Oh yeah, is my point. All women. Um, I've always gravitated more towards listening to female artists. That like, whenever people ask me who my inspirations have been, I always cite till date like women. But I think that's that's common, right? In a lot of queer people, is um, a lot of their idols end up being women. Yeah, I also like in the pop landscape. I just. I personally haven't been excited about a male artist in like years. Yeah. Unless they're queer. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I I'll, I'll listen. Like I'm not like actively not listening to male artists (laughs) um, as much as I try. Um, But, uh, but yeah, all my sort of references, even when I go into the studio, all the references I play, um, in the studio are songs by female artists, usually. Yeah, same, same all around. I don't know if I actually answered your question. You were like, you asked me what. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I think I did. Maybe I don't know. No, I was just asking about music and what who's inspired you and uh, inspires how you create your music. Yeah. So exactly so i was exposed to to pop music from a very young age i remember i loved lily allen too i can name so many people it's it's hard one thing i'm really terrible at is picking favorites like i don't even have a favorite movie i don't have like an all-time favorite artist just because i feel like interests are so fleeting like it all depends on what your mood is and what the context is um but um because i was exposed to pop from such a young age it just kind of stuck to me I would always be um you know on the lookout for like I I was that friend who would be playing the latest music for everybody else in the room because mm-hmm. I would always be on top of like who was doing what and like I felt like I was such a huge fan of the genre and of um like I looked up to so many different artists and I was like you know like I was a full-on stan you know like I knew the ins and outs of of so many aspects of um pop music and and the industry that and like how like release like release strategies and like um how people would do their rollouts and all of that that when I started making pop music on my own I feel like because I had already been such a student and a fan that it really helped me in making like in and being good at and having an ear for what sounds good and what doesn't if that makes sense absolutely I mean Sean Doherty and I talk about that all the time when we talk about you and your 
wonderful music in your EP, Heartbreak on the Dance Floor, which everyone should be streaming. Because, like, not only is it, in my opinion, just, like, in incredible pop music, just the fact that you're making it independently and, yeah, the study of the rollout and the strategy is very apparent because if I didn't know any better... I would 100% assume that there is a huge company behind you. Well, that's so sweet of you to say. I think that um, I'm grateful to the streaming era of music. I think because of Spotify, Apple Music, um, et cetera, independent artists have so much more control and power. Um, I think back in the day, like in the like even in like the early 2010s, let's say, like before Spotify became a thing, um, artists needed a label um, to be able to put out music and to be able to get that music to listeners. But now artists can independent independently release whatever they want and direct and like it, you don't need a label and it cuts out the middleman. Um, and I've been grateful for that. Um, but also, I will say, I released my first single in 2016. And it was really lucky that it charted on Spotify's Viral 50 um, because it's not common for an independent artist's first release to to chart on the Spotify Viral charts. And um, I didn't realize at the time how lucky I had gotten because I was like, oh, this probably happens to everyone, right? Um, but no, it, it didn't um, happen to me. For, you know, I released another song a few months after that and I was like, wait. Hmm, this isn't this isn't doing as well. And I think um I didn't release an EP until last year because I had to go through a lot of like trial and error. I was like, let me try to figure out what I want to say with my music. I want to figure out who I am as an artist. Um and I think last year, um, after putting out a a, a bunch of singles between 2016 and 2020, I decided I was like, I finally, I feel like I'm at a place where I can confidently put out a body of work and manage the rollout of the body of work and be able to promote it and, you know, have a listener base that's strong enough to, you know, release this music to. I feel like I can't speak English today. <laughs> Am I making sense? You make so much sense. I mean, it um, it takes, basically what you just described is could be five people's individual jobs on one album. And so take being like, it's no small feat that you were able to not only craft and create an EP as an artist, but have the business sense and know how to handle everything else that comes with that. Well, yeah, you got to figure out what makes the EP first of all, and what doesn't because often you write so many songs and not all of them feel like they belong on the same project, right? So mm-hmm. so that's number one, figuring out the track list. That was very important to me because I wanted the project to be able to, like whoever's listening to it, if you're about to listen to it, please listen to it in order, tracks one through six. Because um, I planned it that way, you know? And um, it, and hopping on calls with, with producers and making sure that the master, the mix sounds exactly the way you want it to sound. And um, if you're working with multiple people, just want, just making sure that each song sounds like it belongs on the same project because I wanted it to be a cohesive body of work. And then figuring out what to release as singles before the project comes out, when to release the singles and, um, you know, visuals. There's just, there's a lot that independent artists have to do on their own. Um, And I think that we don't give ourselves enough credit for that because it's so much fun to do it and it doesn't feel like work a lot of the times. So it feels like you're not working hard enough just because you're having a good time doing it because capitalism (laughs) has sort of drilled into our heads that unless we're miserable, we're not working hard. You know what I mean? And that's something that I had to remind myself through 2020. I felt like I did nothing the whole year, even though I put out this EP because it felt so it came to me so easily and I felt so good and it was so much fun that it didn't because it didn't feel like work I felt like I was just fucking around almost it's so crazy because I get that too where I'm like yeah I can see like I have spent hours on insert project but it it won't feel 
like work. However, if I go and work like any amount of time at the restaurant, it feels like, oh, yeah, I had a hard Isn't work day today. <laughs> well, hopefully me talking about this is also a reminder to you that working on a creative project is still work. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's still work. Um, and that's how it should feel. Like you should feel good um, about what you're doing. Like it, I feel like if you're miserable, uh, that's not the point, you know? Yeah. No, of course. Yeah. Wow. You just like blew my mind with that one. Um, yeah. And I'm also reminding because I still have to remind myself. Also, I work super fast so I can get like so much done in a day and then the following day do nothing. And I will, my brain will be like, well, you, ha- you haven't been doing anything because I'll only remember the days where I did nothing. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about how you've got a little bit of an adventure spirit coming to New York. You got your BFA in acting. You got pop music going on. And Verdun, I just got to ask you, why are you like this? Hey there. Ever dream of making your own podcast? Let me tell you a little bit about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. First, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Why am I like this? Mental illness. Fierce. (laughs) Um, No, but actually... um... I, you know, I have been pretty vocal about being diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder and I kind of find it empowering to reclaim it because um, the struggles that I've had with my um, mental health have sort of dictated in a lot of ways what I write about and how I present myself and who I am and, you know, I am not my mental illness. However, um, the way that I respond to it and the strength that I show or that I remind myself to show um, and the resilience is who I am, um, if that makes sense. Yeah. And um, I feel like, yeah, it's dictated so much of my art. And instead of uh, having it be something I'm ashamed of, it's something that I almost, it's like wearing it, like it's like battle scars or something. <laughs> it sounds cliche, but um, I guess that is that's ha- probably ha- the best way to answer your question. Why am I like this? Because it's such a it's. I like how open ended the question is too. I know your podcast is called that, <laughs> um, but I, I do like how open ended it is because it, it could mean anything. It really could, and I mean, I too have had quite a mental health journey, and um, there's just there is an empowerment. And finally knowing what the thing is. Yeah. And, and like beating it in some ways, like being resilient and living your life despite it trying to ruin it, your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I feel like for the longest time, there was just like so much mystery around. I'm like, what is going on with me? Like I can clearly see that this isn't like healthy with mm-hmm. me and my depression and what was going on. But I couldn't, I was like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what this, what's happening. And I uh, was lucky enough to have good doctors and blah, 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 and like figure exactly. everything out. But um, yeah, there's just like a power in being able to say like, why am I like this and name it and then like how it fuels you as opposed to like, why am I like this? Oh, it's my mental health issues and they keep me stuck. Exactly. And I mean, you know, uh, because I write about my struggles and put it into song, like a lot of my lyrics are darker, even though the production is sort of bright and upbeat. It's like dance pop, but it is the um, the lyrics are very personal to me and come from a vulnerable place. And that's my way of taking the power away from the illness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that music wouldn't exist if it, if I didn't have the illness. 
Um, so it's a double-edged sword, but that is that does answer the question, like, why am I like this and why am I here and why am I doing what I do, you know? Yeah. God, that's like my favorite genre of music, though. Like, dance pop with sad lyrics is... It, I, I'm wet. It's very Robin, yeah. Robin-esque. Very Robin-esque. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and put a little synth in there. I'm sold. Oh God. Even like, even your friend, Hillary Duff, uh, her latest album. Alive. My friend. I, <laughs> you know what? If one day I'm able to call Hillary Duff, my friend, I think you, I could fully die the next day. I'm not even exaggerating. Like that is a huge life. Could you imagine if I worked with her? Yeah, you'd make an incredible album or movie or whatever. Well, yeah, I feel like when I think of working with her, I think of like acting. Um, <laughs> but because um, I feel like she doesn't make music anymore. But I feel like I'm in too deep. Like I couldn't now. It would be too weird. She would need to take out a restraint. <laughs> Sometimes I like to think about her and Sutton Foster on the younger set. Oh my God. And just both talking about being singers. You know what? I have tried to get an audition for Younger so many times. I'm like, I tell my, I think I told my manager, I was like, please, if you see, it's like one of the few shows that I I feel like I haven't even auditioned for in New York because it films in New York. You're like, somebody find my way in, please. I know because I worked with one of the actresses from it on a different show. Um. And I was talking to her on set and I was like, I love younger. And she, I'm not even like apologetic about my like stand mode. I was like, I love younger. Um, I didn't mention my Hillary Duff. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta keep some secrets. I gotta, I gotta keep it cool. (laughs) And she was like, oh my gosh, yeah, you'd be great on that show. And I was like, I know why, why, why have I not been asked to audition for that show? (laughs) Um, And now because I'm talking about it so openly, I feel like they're like, he, he might be a liability <laughs> on set. Let's not. Let's not. Well, <laughs> call him in. if you're listening younger, please, please call him <laughs> in. Yes, please. I promise I will be 100% professional and I will not fangirl over anyone until I sign out. <laughs> until until I'm gone. Once once the check clears, then I'll 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 be normal Gosh. again. Once I step out of that trailer <laughs> with my stuff, look out. Yeah. Look out, Hillary. <laughs> I have kind of a, a different question, but yes, what is your favorite thing about being a queer artist? What is my favorite thing about being a queer artist? I love how th- this is like following me talking about how I can't ever pick favorites. Um, <laughs> I think, honestly, I think it is um, having the ability to reach other queer people like other like-minded people um who may not be where I'm at with my queerness um you know what I mean like I feel like I get messages from a lot of um queer people specifically a lot of queer Indian people who um feel like they haven't really seen a lot of people like themselves do what I'm doing um like growing up I didn't really have um there weren't any queer Indian artists that I saw thriving you know what I mean and um I know that's kind of like a very obvious answer but it really is super touching to me every time I get a message like that um because you're told no from such an early age so many times that the industry is going to be hard that people around you won't accept you that um it's just going to basically just be infinitely harder for you than it is for, for, you know, your straight white peers. And to be able to do what I love in spite of being told no all those times is not only empowering to me, but also potentially empowering to other queer kids out there who want um, to see that it's possible to do what I'm doing and be good at it, you know? I have a long way to go still, but I'm, you know what I mean? But it's like that resilience that I, that I love. It just baffles me how even now any kind of queer entity or product is told that there is no, there's no mainstream reach. Well, I think it's kind of like, you have to be happy with the the bare minimum that we're going to give you type thing. Right. Like every time, every time June hits during pride month, like my streams will skyrocket because everyone's suddenly obsessed with listening to queer, to queer artists. And then, Pride Month ends and it's kind of like, well, with Spotify too, it's like, 
when Pride Month comes in, it's like all of a sudden you open the app and it's like Pride playlists and all of that and like queer representation. And then when July comes around, Gone. it's like, all right, now you got to be happy with the bare minimum again. We're not going to highlight you anymore. <laughs> Which is so you know crazy what I mean? because yeah. it's like proven time and time again that there is an audience for this kind of art. And it's honestly better art, IMO. I feel like queer artists make better fucking art. I'm sorry. Because of their lived life experience, it, the art is automatically going to be better. I just, you know, I, I am a full believer in that. And um, I feel like there are too many underrated queer artists. But I will say May is the start of AAPI, like Asian American Heritage Month. Mm-hmm. So I feel my power is growing stronger there. There you go. And then you roll into and June. Then, and then I roll into June. Then that's Pride Month. So I feel my power is... <laughs> growing even stronger you're just gonna be like um, so glowing. may and june may and june yeah and then like end of april too like it's my birthday week starting today actually oh my god so i feel like between these three events you're gonna be unstoppable oh my god i sounded so annoying being like it's my birthday week. no you didn't um no i am not that girl i promise but um i i do love the like end april into may june segue part of the year powerful time of the year for you exactly powerful time of the year for me i love that um yeah yeah i think the i mean the reason why a lot of queer people idolize or listen to female uh pop singers any kind of female singer uh is really based off of i guess it's a taylor swift quote but when she says like in her documentary she talks about how all of her contemporaries who are women have to reinvent themselves every time they create a new album. And I feel like that sense of reinvention or creating something that you know is going to be different and new every time you make something is inherently queer because Mm. no matter what we're making, it's still different and out there. Yeah. I also think that as fans of female artists, a lot of it is living vicariously through them, Mm -hmm. like living vicariously through their fierceness and their um, ability and their looks, you know what I mean? And they're like, just the drama of it all. (laughs) I feel like um, embracing that femininity in a lot of ways um, is, is common between a lot of queer folk, especially queer men, you know? Yeah. It's like, Rihanna is a vibe and everything else. Oh my God. I remember lip syncing to Shakira in my fucking bedroom at the age of like, I don't know, like 11, 12. Just living your damn truth. Living my, like using, like full on, like using a hairbrush as a microphone, like full on concerts in my childhood bedroom. My childhood bedroom has seen a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I will tell you that. My walls were covered in posters too. It was like kind of embarrassing looking back on it, but. I wasn't a poster queen. I was a uh, I'm moving to New York vibe, but like full drama, oh. like bright red walls, black and white photos of New York, like oh my gosh. too much. No, that's like, that's like, I feel like that's not as embarrassing as you think it is. <laughs> well, I mean, while all that was happening, I was listening to every single moment of Ashley Simpson's autobiography album. What a great album. What a great album. I will stand by it. I will stand by the other that sister. That era of albums was great. Autobiography, Metamorphosis. I feel like Avril Lavigne dropped a couple too that were solid. Oh, God, what a time in music. Yeah, when like it was like more pop rock leaning. I feel like music, pop music now is more dance mm-hmm. leaning, which I also love. But 2003 was a great era. <laughs> great time. Well, as we are winding down, I ask this question of all of my guests. Do you have any questions for me? So I actually do have questions for you because I love playing this game. Great. Because I feel like I've been, on, I've been a guest on other people's podcasts. So I've, I'm always used to answering the questions and not used to asking the questions. You are the host. Um, first of all, <laughs> okay. Um, would you rather have access to unlimited free flights for the rest of your life first class or unlimited hotel stays for the rest of your life for free 
flights. Definitely flights. I can figure out where the hell I want to stay. See, that's the most common response I've gotten, and I disagree with it. You, well, <laughs> I also love how I was like, I'm about to ask you a generic question and then ask you the most oddly specific, <laughs> would you rather? <laughs> um, well, here's the thing, because I feel like I can get a cheap flight somewhere and then stay there as long as I want if I get a free hotel. Uh, that's true. I feel like I would save more money by getting a hotel, because like, Hotels are more expensive because it's, like, per night, you know? Uh, yeah. I haven't been good ever at, like, planning to take a trip. So every time I go to buy a flight, in my mind, it's a little bit traumatic because I'm, like, draining a bank account. Yeah. Um. So for me, if I could just, like, step up to the counter and be like, flight, please, that sounds ideal. But I'm sure that might just be a short-term win especially with hotels being the prices they are. I mean, to be honest, both options are great. You can't really go wrong. That's true. You know what I mean? I like playing Would You Rather with two positives as opposed to like two negatives. Oh my God, yeah. I feel like it's always more fun. Two negatives are always so annoying. Like I don't want to do either of these things. You know what I mean? (laughs) I choose neither. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Well, I guess my other question is, um, do you like horror movies i feel like you don't i don't i feel like but do you have a favorite one that you make an exception for like kind of like how i don't like musicals but i like the wizard of oz yeah absolutely um full circle we're coming back yeah and i have had many people um come out of the woodwork and be like ryan you do like horror here are the things that you have enjoyed um i will just never like choose like you won't walk into my apartment and I've been watching a horror film for fun. Um, but I do really love the scream series, which is a basic girl question. Same. Same. Even scream. I think scream four is incredible. Um, well, it's camp. It's, you know what I mean? Like, I think I would rank them scream one, two, four, and then three. Yeah. Which is the absolute objectively correct ranking of them. I think. Yeah, I'm not going to let anybody else have um, a different ranking of those. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, that's illegal, actually. That's illegal. Um, and I guess another question I would like to ask you is, top three cuisines of food that you enjoy? Mm. Um, I love... Are any of these questions that you've been asked on other No, these are all these okay. are all incredible. Most of the time people okay, ask awesome. me, why am I like this? Um, so... This is great. Oh, see, I was going to do that, but I was like, that sounds too obvious. <laughs> I'm going to. No, it's great. Top three cuisines. I, tacos, always. Um, of course. I love. Wrong with tacos. I also brought this up because I'm very hungry at the moment and I'm super excited to eat lunch after this. So yeah. It's on my mind currently. I love a good banh mi. Ooh, Okay. And so we have Mexican, we have Vietnamese. Yeah, I love to travel. And then <laughs> if I'm cooking, because like that's just I love to do a long cook. Um if it's my time to cook, I would love to make anybody a lasagna because taking <gasps> taking four hours to make something feels incredible to me. Wow. Yeah, like roll out the noodles. I haven't had a lasagna in a very long time. Come on over, girl. I'll cook for you. I know. I, I have to. And especially like a home cooked mm-hmm. lasagna. Wow, like that sounds very special. Do you put meat? I can. In I don't have to. Mm. I I feel like I would like it. I feel like if I'm gonna eat a lasagna, I would want meat in it. Yeah, you might as well go all the way. I've been seeing so many of those like random TikToks of people making, or not necessarily lasagna, but just like cook like Italian food in general. Mm. Um, and they always get me very H word yeah. hungry. um the h word yeah the h word the only h word that that counts in my book since i was a kid i was really into cooking shows and super into specifically top chef um to the point where i got the top chef cookbook from like season four and i remember for my 15th birthday I was like, hey, for my birthday, I want to cook for everyone, but could you like buy me the things? And I just 
arbitrarily picked the ceviche recipe that was in there and like turns out my 15 year old self did not like ceviche so Mm. I was having a breakdown because I thought I made horrible food while like my neighbors and parents were like nope this is this is great this is what a ceviche is and uh that's probably (laughs) shaped my entire artistic life (laughs) that's sounds like a formative story yeah (laughs) that you probably should write in like essay form um but it's like my ex-boyfriend used to love cooking shows, so it would always be on TV. Um, I never personally watched cooking shows, but because of him, I watched so much Ina Garten and so mm. much Nigella Lawson. But I will say Nigella Lawson does have this very calming, comforting energy, and I could listen to her for hours. Oh my God, it's perfect, like soothing, gray weather television. <laughs> Exactly. Oh my gosh. Maybe I'll watch some later today. There you go. It is getting slightly, it's getting sunny now though. I see, I'm looking out my window right now. Oh my God, there's and hope. it looks like there is hope. Um, but yeah, I guess the last question would be, how are you really? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm doing very well. And it feels weird to say um, as, you know, everything has fallen apart around us, especially right. currently as the theater industry is doing its uh, damn thing. But Right. I am reading. I haven't worked in theater in a very long time. Um, most of my acting work that I've done lately has been filming television, um, including the, especially lately, including whatever, whatever I'm auditioning for and stuff is all filming TV. So I haven't worked in theater in a really long time, but I am keeping an eye on, you know, whatever's going on there. And there is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the theater industry has already had so much to fucking deal with over the last year because it's, people are really trying to make it not be a dying art form. Like, even before the pandemic, I feel like there were people arguing that theater was a dying art form. Yeah. Um, which I disagree with, obviously. But um, the pandemic really it took a hard hit, huh? Well, there's just like, I mean, there are so many things about the industry that, aren't great it is definitely an elitist activity currently the way that it's structured in america it definitely is whitewashed like there well, is it feels very i was gonna say it also feels a little racist <laughs> yeah there's definitely uh abuse of power everywhere because you're just kind of taught not to say anything because well, that, you'll lose your I, job and that's similar to like going back to our discussion about how you were talking about when you were getting your bfa like that you were kids were threatened that they would be cut at any time it's that similar energy that translates into the industry too where it's like the people in power who are more often than not white um they maintain that abuse of control over people who are trying to break through the industry and if they instill fear um and like that using fear as a um like a motivational whatever tactic um, has bec- has become it goes hand in hand with um, people who are you know guilty of abuse in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it it's it's very white. <laughs> yeah, um, and very abusive, and there's a lot of gaslighting. I feel like where the um, the people who are in power make you feel like it's normal. Yeah, to be doing what they're doing because it is normalized. And I remember in school too, like I would be doing scenes all the fucking time. Like we, I would read so many plays, did so many scenes. None of the parts that I played in those scenes I would ever get cast as. It, like even if it was like, I guess colorblind casting they call it, which like, which is so stupid. Whatever, it's so stupid, right? But it's like, but it's just like, yeah. So like, I feel like when you're in school, you're made to believe that there's all these parts out there for you but when you go out there as a queer person of color it's like nope there's actually not a lot of stories being told that would require your contribution Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of um and then when then when there are there are still white or straight people stealing those jobs from queer actors yeah i don't know yeah so i mean i'm not like i'm very aware of all of the horrible things that are happening and hope to god that something happens 
that fixes stuff. But also from that, I have found a freedom in my creative process and me as an artist over the past year that I definitely wouldn't have gotten um, without this time away. Uh, yeah, it's almost like radicalizing you into taking power away from yeah. the, these these people who you felt like may have had a hold over you. Well, because like I haven't um, in done it past. in a year and I'm fine yeah. and I'm happy. And so when I do get to do it again, or should I say choose to do it again? You'll go back with yeah. full force. Yeah. Yeah. And like a freshness that you didn't have before, maybe. So I'm looking forward to it. Until then, I'll just keep talking to people on uh, on this podcast and smiling through my day. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, I feel like any kind of new project um, that, any new creative project that is coming out around now should be celebrated. <laughs> so congratulations on this. Thank you. starting this podcast. Thank you so much. Hopefully you can edit out all my word vomit. Uh, it'll be beautiful, no matter what. I feel like I said, do you know what I mean? Like maybe <laughs> 30 times? It, well, it's good to check in. It's good to ask. It's a <laughs> it's good, good question. Well, Vardon, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Where can the children find you? Um, I am at Vardon Aurora on Instagram and Twitter, unfortunately. And... um. <laughs> My artist name is also Vardan Aurora. Some people, uh, more people than I thought um, would have done this, um, have wondered if my name was a stage name. What? I was like, no, that it's my actual name. I mean, it's a fierce um, name, I guess, if it's going to be a stage name, sure. But that just seems like an yeah, odd... I think <laughs> I think to Indian people, it's like, yeah, Vardan Aurora. That's like an Indian name, whatever. But I feel like for to some white people, they're like, Aurora like that sounds like it's not real like because you know what I mean like, I'm like no it's a pretty common Indian last name they want Vardon Smith <laughs> oh my god that sounds awful <laughs> um uh, yes so Vardon Aurora on Spotify Apple Music wherever whatever else you listen or use to listen to music stream Heartbreak on the dance floor it's stream incredible Heartbreak on the dance floor buy Heartbreak on the dance floor buy it to that yes let's do I know nobody buys music anymore but but let's Let's try to do that instead. Make a push for a vinyl release. Get it going. I've thought about that. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but in the meantime, I'm working on some newer stuff, hopefully, that, we'll, that I plan on putting out I... before the year is done. Uh, I cannot wait. An exclusive. Exclusive you heard <laughs> exactly. here first. Well, you actually, yeah, this is the first time I've said it out loud even. Nice. Um, but we will see. The pandemic has taught me not to get married to any plans. <laughs> That is a beautiful, beautiful statement. Mm -hmm. All right. Until next time, y'all. Bye. Until next time. Thank you for having me. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY exclusions apply see site for details hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.